<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Everyone's going hashtag vaxxed and waxed, right? And I'm like, Andrea must be so busy. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm really not. Like, I'm really not doing that many uh, below the waists these days. I'm just, I'm doing a lot of up tops above the necks, yes. you know? Um, even though oh. I will, you know, toot my own horn, an incredible waxer. Um, it just hasn't been been a thing you know it's also just kind of like would you rather like wax a vagina or work brunch guess what i chose ultimately guess what i chose guys <laughs> right now i don't um, even have the option to get a bikini wax because i got poison oak oh all no. over yes no. so, yes thighs what? butt and throat. <gasps> Were you peeing in some bushes? Is that what happened? I'm not entirely sure what happened. The only thing I can surmise is that my dog walked in it and then he sat on my lap. Yeah. And then you touched your dog and then you went to the bathroom and that that shit, the oils, you'll get in there. You'll do deep, deep in there. So it's been a lot of me just pulling down my pants and going, Seth, can you rub rub some cream on this? Welcome to Side Work Podcast. <laughs> I am your host, Andrea Wallace. And I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. And joining us today is our friend, longtime OG listener, also of the podcast, and that's how we got to be friends. Um, but everyone, please welcome Amanda Godosik. Nailed it. Hello, Perfect. Amanda. Hi. Thank welcome. you guys. Thank We're you. We're so happy to have you. This is very We've exciting. We've got to do this more where we have listeners who we've had great rapport with from the beginning. Um, Join us so that we can talk, you know, just talk to you guys. You're- totally. Plus, like, Amanda, you obviously know the rules. Like, you know what segments we're going to hit. You know the flow of the show. You could probably produce us at this point. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want to take I don't want to take Brian's job. But yeah, it's funny. Like, I literally have been listening since Georgia shouted you guys out. Oh, and then I so obviously funny. went back like to the mm-hmm. way beginning. So, yep, that's almost two years ago. So that's that's amazing. And we got it. We have to give Amanda credit. She created the hashtag Godspeed and good tips, she which sure y'all did. y'all ran away with. And I love it. People really, really like saying that. So it makes me so happy. But the, <laughs> yep. the very vain part of me is like, mm, I did that. That's me. <laughs> 
that's like one more thing to add to the list of like the positive attributes of your life in therapy. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) (laughs) um, well, quick restaurant report. Uh, I went out to eat last night. It was a glorious occasion. It's been hard to get reservations at some of the most popular spots because of limited capacity and only the outdoor seating really. Um, not all of LA has been okay with letting people eat indoors. Um, so we went to this place hippo and it was just a nice surprise. Cause I tried to get in a few weeks ago and they're like, we're sorry. We are just like booked for weeks. Great time. It's not even to say anything about them. It's just, it was my first time eating a bunch of rich pickled acidic buttery, creamy, like all in one sitting. Um, and I had one glass of wine and one cocktail cut to three hours later. Mommy had her head in the toilet. There was just a fist fight happening in my stomach with mm-hmm. ingredients that I have not eaten or tasted in like a year. And I, Andrea, I do think you're right. Cause I was like, I think I got food poisoning, but like Sean's fine. We ate all the same stuff. And I'm like, I'm just a baby wimp. Is that what's happening? No, 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 no. You just have to like rebuild that like (laughs) tolerance, Tolerance. I guess. Just start eating a pat of butter every day for a week. (gasps) Then two pats of butter. Yeah. Work, work your way up. And more then steps, move to rips. Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then we'll come see you and like take down a bunch of sausage. It'll be great. Look, we've yeah. eaten a couple of places where I've just been like, and I have to like do yoga in the middle of the night to fart it out. Like that's been <laughs> a real for me. <laughs> like a happy baby never felt so good at three in the morning. You know, things like that are happening. And, and oh, that. as we get back out there. And not to like, you know, put a target on my age, but like being a 42 year old, you know, 42 year old woman, you just things are things might be a little different down there these days, you know, <laughs> down in, in the, the gut area. We're talking about yeah, yeah, the gut area below solid, solid 10, <laughs> solid 8.2. <laughs> OK, great. <laughs> Have you been able to go out uh, out and about, Amanda? Um. We haven't yet. I'm still not super comfortable. We're both vaccinated. Um, But I, there's a certain amount of, and you guys have talked about it. There's a certain amount of guilt I feel and not just like the low level hum that every Catholic feels, but like to, to go into a restaurant and like see a server, you know, masked up face shield, like every, you know, I don't feel right doing that yet. We've done a lot of takeout, like Mm -hmm. even though, like food is my job. I will literally cook all day and be like, I'm not making dinner. Like, right. And so we've right. done a lot of takeout this whole time. So that I've been really enjoying. Um, and I'm definitely looking forward to like getting out and doing a patio sit. Like all I want to do is go sit on a patio yeah, with the husband and the dog and like have a cocktail, have an appetizer and just like I mean, it's coming. It is, it is, it's mid, mid to late May right now. So any minute, any minute. Yeah. I think it's going to happen for you guys. It's almost 75 yesterday, raining today, but I mean, I'm not going to complain. 
We'll take no, it. We'll no. get there. Every, every day is greener than the next. They're in the Midwest these days, which is Very fantastic. True. Yes. Um, I will be in Omaha over a Memorial Day weekend. I'm, ju- I'm, I'm so excited to smell humid Midwest air. I really want a thunderstorm. I'm <laughs> selfishly hoping for one. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to to, to get back there. And I think I, um, I think I'm gonna get to Michigan like kind of pretty soon after you and Brian get back. I think I'm taking off again for a few days after that. So I'll get amazing. my Midwestern air also. So yay! Well, should we uh, should we jump into some headlines? Huh? Huh? Yeah, let's do it. So Amanda, you've been paying attention to all of the ridiculous ways companies, restaurants, bar owners are trying to lure servers into poorly paid, you know, uh, just basically like minimum wage based on wherever you live in the country. Like, yes, it's still $2 an hour, but they're doing ridiculous things like saying, we'll give you $1,000 one time, but like never raise your wage or we'll give you an incentive where we'll pay for some community college credits and people are like, cool, can I pay my landlord with community college rents? Uh, You know, it's been really obnoxious. So now to take the cake, even more ridiculous, Applebee's has a new hiring incentive called Apps for Apps. You come to Applebee's and, wow, that's so many apps. It's Apps, Apps for Apps. Applebee's apps oh, for apps. Right. I was like, Jesus. is there an but app, also, app for that? Yes. Is there, yes. <laughs> is there an app for Applebee's apps for apps? Uh, so if you come in and sit down and fill out an application, you get some free apples be apps. Uh, once again, can I take some of these? Can I pay my landlord with mozzarella sticks? I, I cannot. Mean, have in- I been walking? Have I been mall walking again now that I'm fully vaxxed? Yes. Am I hungry? For an app, yes. <laughs> Can I cheat the system? You bet. <laughs> like, would fifteen-year-old Amanda want to do this? Absolutely. Yes. Because fifteen-year-old Amanda from rural Wisconsin thought Applebee's was fancy. Of course, no. We were. This I was had like my the high school sweetheart take me there for my birthday once because oh. I was like, I've never been. It seems so exotic. <laughs> they clap when they bring out Sundays. Um, you know. <laughs> I kind of want to like go in and fill out an application and they're like, all right, what kind of wings would you like? You're like, oh, no, no, I can microwave my own food at home. Thank you so much. Oh, Oh, I just just really want the job. I just genuinely want to work here, basically. Keep your app. Thank you so much. But this Um, is just another example of like pandering, like you do not get it. We don't want to come back to terrible low pay If you are in a situation, I'm not judging you, where this app might feed you for the day, but you don't need the job, then just go fucking take the app. But like, this isn't going to pay bills or change the nature of service industry. I'm also just like, what kind of like fourth quarter, 30 seconds left, like fucking Hail Mary, late night copywriter situation is this where they're just like, We've got it. We know how to get people in the door. Like free apps. Um, They're so, it's pretty good. It's like, keep your potato skins. I'll keep my dignity, you know, like. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it is true. And I'm, but if it was like free app for like every shift you work. Well, and that's, that would be a whole other thing. Yeah. You're right. It's almost something. Like a shift meal is a big deal. 
is a big deal. I do think that some of the Applebee's though are doing incentivizing like with cash. Like if you work like 30 days, you get 150. If you work 90 days, you get like another few hundred dollars. So there are things like that that are happening, which like that's the kind of shit that happened like when I did telemarketing when I was a teenager because nobody <laughs> want to do fucking telemarketing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Shit's, shit is crazy out there. Next headline related. <laughs> now this is, you know, it's not that old, but I only recently like resaw the imagery. There is a company in Pasadena uh, basically building robot arms called the Flippy. And the Flippy specifically is meant to work in fast food restaurants to fry fries, chicken fingers, and flip motherfucking burgers. Um, these came about and like, White Castle started using them more during the pandemic last year because they're like, oh, let's like let less humans touch our food, which is like, that's what you think when you think White Castle, right? Oh, less human hands. White Castle's so clean. Um, I think food poisoning when I think White Castle, a callback. Right, right, right. (laughs) I know. Um, So you'd, you'd think that's what I ate last night, but I mean, these basically are. They're just big, giant robot arms. They've worked at Dodger Stadium. Um, you know, you put like a flippy in a cute like L.A. jersey and everybody's like, look at the cute robot. But here's the thing and why this is coming into play more with there not being enough workforce in the fast food and restaurant industry is that you can rent these robots and only pay them what comes out to three dollars an hour. <laughs> That's so that is what it comes down to. So. It's $2,000 a month that this costs to subscribe or have the flippy in your restaurant, $3 an hour. And then a human doing the same job can cost $4,000 to $10 more a month. Then it says, and robots never call in sick. Also in the article. (laughs) But Um, let's not forget the robots continue to become more sentient. And then the robots are going to be like, we demand apps. We demand apps. <laughs> we want to. I mean, I see it more as like, um, I am like totally crushing on my new coworker. Oh my um, god, have, have you have you like gone after hours with Flippy? Oh. He throws him back. <laughs> Flippy can dunk a fry basket like I've never seen. Also, Flippy could just go like totally like sexual, like you know, misconduct, and just be like use that Flippy pinch arm and just be like smacking people on the ass with it. Andrea, I we live so close to Pasadena. Should we, as a stunt, rent a Flippy and make some videos? <laughs> sure, Brooke. We'll rent a Flippy for three thousand dollars a month. <laughs> Maybe they'll let you rent one for a week. We have a small Patreon budget. I'm sure our members. <laughs> I remember our this members are like this they signed is, up for. It is. I, mean, I really do think this this would be a separate GoFundMe to see okay. Cyborg rent a Flippy. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it. Okay, we'll bye. have to have a barbecue. I mean, there's gonna have to be like. I mean, everybody get ready to eat some burgers or something that this robot has flipped because. It's going to let's all make the dreams come true for Brooke. Truly. 
this is this is just like the reckoning we were afraid of. We're like, we demand fair wages. And the government's like, bring in the robots. We told you, fuckers. If you didn't stay quiet, it's robot time. But a robot is still, $3 an hour is still more than the standard. I know, $2.13. I know. Right. I know. Well, right. Yes. But In yes, like we're talking, but also, right. We're all talking, this is yeah. all like fast food, oh which we're God. talking 725 being the lowest. So it all just depends, baby. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I really see the world going down a slippery slope of service industry workers fighting an army of robots, Terminator style. It's going to be judgment day, motherfuckers. I mean, I'll Call- say it. I mean, if they want to bring in robots to work brunch, I'm fine with it. Yes. Oh my god, that should. Oh be my god, the only we're thing totally going people- to robot brunch. That's what all the ladies Yay. are going to be saying. <laughs> Bottom, ah. bottomless mimosas. Bottomless mimosas. <laughs> That's very um, in the vein of uh, you want some more, which is the bartender from The Fifth Element, who is. <laughs> Talk about crushing that guy. I would get in there. I think I'm blowing a fuse. Brooke, let's move along, shall we, shall Amanda? We? Um, and get into some server submitted stories. I had it's to like, jump there in. There we go. You feel oh, free to girl. jump in there. Get in there. All right, first story today, you guys. All right, I'm listening to the new episode right now, and since I've already outed where I work, you probably can't mention it on the show, but our bagel overlords have raised prices three times in the last year and a half, claiming it's in the name of paying everyone better, but everyone makes minimum wage. Corporate claims to not be able to afford anything more than maybe a three-cent raise. When minimum wage goes up, That counts as a raise because technically we aren't making more than we did before. Heck, most of my essential equipment is broken and they say to just figure it out because repairs are too expensive. Oh, and our tips are based on how many hours we work. So in the middle of the pandemic, when I averaged three hours a day and most other people had maybe one shift a week, tips were very sad indeed. (gasps) Hooray for essential workers. Oh, Jesus. This yeah, so this lot. is like our this is our buddy who is a baker who's yep. just like, yeah, you guys figured out where, you know, the the sort of the corporate overlords and then yeah. when we did a we deeper did. dive, we're like they're like they own Noah's, Brugger's, Caribou Coffee, all of Panera, and they just said that they can't afford we we were like if they raised every item 5 cents on their menu, everyone could have a living wage and so and then it turns out they have and they have does. been <laughs> nope and nobody gets a raise bump and then they're like yeah well when when joe biden raises the minimum wage there's your raise it's like that's not a raise that yeah. is minimum wage being changed by the government you right fucking, that's the law right that's that the law that is that is not a, a work-based incentive to work your way up to a higher pay because you've stayed this many days, been a great worker, so on and so forth. So that's just such horseshit. Right. And then we call everyone um, essential workers. And you're like, wow, gotta love that. That video we posted with that guy, Brent Terhune, he's like, when we called you heroes, we meant that panderingly. <laughs> I love that guy. That was hilarious. I so much. That a lot. 
You know, I ha- was having a conversation with a buddy of mine who's a bar owner here in LA yesterday, and he is bar and restaurant owner. The shining example of what an owner should be paying his employees well above minimum wage, automatic grat on all the bills. Part of it goes to the kitchen. Everybody get pay- gets paid beautifully. Like this, how it should be the utopian model. And he cannot staff. Wow. You know? Wow. And he, I, and he's just like, I don't get it. He's like, and a lot of it is like, I mean, not to be like, whatever. There's many different reasons why people like don't want to return to work. But he was like, I have a lot of people who are like, I won't finish my screenplay, bro. I don't want to go back, you know, like I want to take this time for me. And I get so much of it, but I see the frustration in his face of someone who's worked so hard to fight for his employees that it's just there's so many there's so much to unpack with all of it you know yeah my last my last gig where i was a bar manager at a brewery i got paid as a bar like i was the sole bartender five and a half out of the six days we were open i got paid nine dollars an hour plus tips plus and this was it was rolling out right as i was leaving but eligible for a full weeks of paid vacation He's got a employee 401k match. He's doing health insurance now. And like all the, all the kitchen people are well compensated. The bartender who arguably makes the most money there shares tips at the end of the night with every single staff member that was there. Like he's doing not, not everything right, but I was very impressed that that's the only time in all of my 13 years of experience in the restaurant industry that was the only place where an employer paid above minimum wage Mm -hmm. and offered like traditional quote-unquote benefits yeah and i'm i'm hoping that more people start doing that but if a huge corporation like the owners of panera are going to charge me 12 dollars for a you know turkey bacon bravo sandwich and not even not even give our poor friends a raise. Like I just, I don't know how much it help is, I have. It really is. It, it it is, and like you know, that's a perspective that we have. I haven't even seen before, Amanda. To be like, wait a minute, like what I just paid for a sandwich that you made for me in five minutes is twice as much that you make in an hour. Mm-hmm. Like you know, especially with all the extra toppings I get because I'm an asshole. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I was like, you thank you. um, Yes, for sure. But I don't know. It just is. It's just a lot. It's all so much. But all I know is things are yet to be revealed. You know, we are in a very unknown time. And yeah, we are. We're just entering uncharted, hopefully all positive territory. But there's a message out there loud and clear saying, like, I'd rather stay at home and have very little money every week and be safe and like kind of do like a big 14 months of self-care and kind of reflect. And so, yeah, we were discussing that last week, too, where it's like a lot of people are like, is this what it feels like to sleep? I feel fucking great. Yeah. Is <laughs> this know? what it feels like to have like proper circulation in my legs and feet? <laughs> oh, Yeah. <sighs> So, yeah, we're waking up to a lot of different levels of things that we've denied ourselves. Show me the money. Okay, our next story comes from Maggie, 
who I, uh, she's great. She's corresponded before. So she says, hey, I've been a listener for a while now. Just had to tell you guys, I finally had my last bartending shift on Sunday. Yay, Maggie. Wow. Okay. I've been bartending for almost 10 years now and have done everything from privately owned to corporate jobs. And I'm finally able to move up in a company and become a beverage manager. Sweet. That's a couple episodes back where we discussed that. Very cool lateral move. I know that might not sound like I'm out of the business, but at least I don't have to clean a bar at the end of the night anymore. Cheers to that. Very real. (laughs) I'm so real. (laughs) I'm really pumped for this position, though, because I actually get to mold this bar into my vision, meaning actual fun cocktails. Yeah. You know, you know, we all are ladies who like control because we've got good ideas. Um, Called so anyways, it being a control enthusiast. Exa- yes. <laughs> I practice control. <laughs> I'm in the controlling arts. Um, I'm control anyways. adjacent. No, I wouldn't <laughs> Anyways, I just wanted to tell you guys because you make being a service industry person more happy by telling all the stories and sticking up for the people that get walked all over every day. I appreciate you so much, Maggie. Yeah. And then I know. P.S. I currently have a terrible cold thanks to mask mandates loosening. So I'm all high on Dayquil. Apologies if there's some typo and then left the S off typos. <laughs> so, yes. Um, <laughs> finish strong, <laughs> Maggie. Proper. Proper yes. Hanging it up. Swan songing. Way to go, I, Maggie. I, uh, by the way, I went into a department store for the first time in forever yesterday. I drove to Pasadena and I was stopping. I stuck on a corner. And I was like, what's, what is that in my, in my, vi- it's Buca de Beppo. I was standing <laughs> next to a Buca. I didn't even, I took, I know I took photos of it, but I was like, now we can go. I've never been. And we promised we would do this. Were they so, loading yeah. a slippy robot? In the <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. And then did you, and then were you like, is there someone looking at me and there's a flippy with googly eyes <laughs> and a chef's hat? <laughs> An Italian mustache. <laughs> I just want like a Chuck E. Cheese band that's all flippies. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. My compliments to the robot. Um, <laughs> um, way to go, Maggie. Also, like, yes, to not have to pick up a dirty beer mat and drag it to the kitchen to be sprayed down with a hose at the end of the night is a really great <laughs> upward move. It It is. It is. You get to make the drinks, taste the drinks, talk about the drinks, and then walk away from the drinks. <sighs> that's birth, what you just, want. Just just birth your babies and then smack them on the butt and send them out in there in hopes that they'll be successful. What a what a but fun I, new gag. <laughs> I have one other goofy thing to add on where she's like, I have a terrible cold right now. Thanks to, you know, people with masks off. Let's all remember because we've been hearing, you know, that people are like, I'm vaccinated. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's just so you don't get covid. There are still such things as colds, flu. But we've their masks are so fantastic. Like I keep saying, like if I'm ever flying or going into oh. public during the height of cold and flu season Same. from now on, mask, baby. It's so simple. And I it's haven't had a smart. I haven't had a cold in yeah, 14 months. And I've got snotty nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. Haven't gotten sick. 
No, it's great. So, you know, just uh, but don't be alarmed. Like if you're like, wait, I'm sick. Like, remember, there are a million other ways to be sick and miserable, everyone. Anyways, <laughs> not just COVID. never forget. <laughs> um, well, you y'all, uh, please, please, please. We we're, we really mean it. We want those server submitted stories. Once again, we've got a little bit of a what do you call it? A drought going on. So we, drought. yep, we're going through, we're going through a dry patch right now, y'all. So please bless our inbox either on, even though we discourage it, fuck it. Send it over Instagram, okay? At Side Work Podcast on IG. <laughs> we'll take it, all right? Uh, or email us, sideworkpod at gmail.com. Uh, I love that just as the restaurant industry is struggling for employees, we at Sidework Podcast are struggling for servers and <laughs> stories. Everybody's feeling it all, all across the board. We're feeling that server shortage. Really? We are. Honestly. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Let's do it. Let's dive into the topic of the day, uh, which we have named microbreweries and macro aggressions. Um, <laughs> we're going to take this minute to talk about breweries, the beer industry. We have Amanda here, who obviously has tons of experience working in that world. Um, and beer is just a huge fucking industry these days anyway. So let's, I'm going to, it's going to be full of puns. So get ready. Let's crack oh, open boy. some facts, shall we? <laughs> uh, <laughs> That we're about to celebrate, you know, uh, and, and talk about beer, which is, I think, a good rollout into the summer season anyway, because um, I'm ready to crack beers and drink outside personally. So here we a go. On beer? Oh. oh, yeah. What's a microbrewery, right? So a microbrewery is classified by the number of beer barrels it produces a year, which limits to 15,000 barrels. And at least 75% of that beer must be sold outside of the brewery. And these are places where you're seeing like small tap rooms attached. You know, you can go in right. and sit in a small bar and like drink all the delicious like beer that's fresh coming right out at you. You're probably seeing windows with huge like cooking and fermentation kettles behind you, things like that. Um, what's a craft brewery, all right? So a craft brewery is no more than 2 million gallons of beer per year and is owned independently. Unlike a microbrewery, a craft brewery has set limitations on techniques on their beer production. A craft brewery, brewery must contain at least 50% traditional malt. Um, yeah, which is interesting. A craft in the craft beer pertains to the fact that these are small breweries um, that are focusing more on like the art form other than like your large scale corporate competitors, your cores, your Budweiser, all that shit. So 
that's the main difference, which, I mean, we like a little history up top. So it's, you know, especially if you're a beer nerd and you never knew that, there you well, go. Well, right. And and I really, the, you were talking, um, you know, because you two are definitely beer nerds. You're much more versed. I am sitting here going like, I had no fucking idea that there was a difference <laughs> between a micro brewery <laughs> and craft beer. Um, and again, this comes from, I will just literally clearly I've got a problem barfing, but a lot of these beers, I cannot drink them. They sure. make me physically ill. So it's not that I don't care. It's just that like, I don't have the capacity to care. It's it's like, I can't drink them. It's a real I get bummer. It. I totally get it. Some of the stuff I drink, Brooke, you would probably die if you drank it. I'm just <laughs> saying, you I'm would... not going to lie. And I actually I don't, don't even like drink that much. I, I've always, I will taste anything and everything. Um, but I'm not much of a drinker at all, like mm -hmm. beer, wine, or liquor, uh, which I think has always made me like a good server because I've, sure. I just keep my wits about me, but no, yes. I, with, when you get into like those heavy malts or like wild yeast strains or, you know, like heritage hop varietals, like those can mess with your system. Just like oh my God. going out to a restaurant after 14 months, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I can't drink hazy IPA anymore because it destroys my innards. Oh, um, but the, but it's so delicious. It's so good. Um, <laughs> it's, it tastes like juice. It so, tastes like a headache. All yeah. right. But so we so we have all these breweries, microbreweries, crop breweries scattered across the U.S. But like, let's I think we can all agree that like most concentrated levels are going to be like Colorado, the Midwest and like Pacific Northwest range, you know, and I'm, it, people may argue, but I feel like that's the saturation. And is the, um, you may or may not know the answer. Either of you is the origin of craft and microbrewing American. And then did it go more global or. I mean, I don't, I'm going to say no, because okay. there's been small batch brewing all over the world. For oh, you're so right. Thousands right. Of I, years, you yeah. Know? You've got monks and monasteries. You're so right. Beer, you know? Yeah. Uh, Belgium, you know, now that's going to be a, that's, and that's a microbrewery when you have like one abbey, yes. making one beer for thousands of years, you know, and going all the way back to, I think there's mm. an ancient Iranian beer culture, you know, I think there's also, and when we get deeper into it, like indigenous natives of the United States were brewing their own version of beer before like white people came over and were like, put hops in it, make it our way. You know, that's kind of what happened, but <laughs> just saying, I think everybody kind of has their own version of it. Right. Um, okay. But you know, we'll definitely focus more on like the American oh, yeah. um, aspect of it today. So I would also say a lot of these microbreweries are popping up in like these like smaller hip cities, you know, that's kind of like the Portland's, the Boise's, the Milwaukee's, which is obviously German settlers like fucking beer town USA already. And Wisconsin well, it, period yeah. is beer state USA. Um, but I feel like that's kind of the newer trend. Like I think like Albuquerque and Santa Fe have like huge like brewery like microbreweries popping up so it's and even omaha and lincoln have great stuff too so it's everywhere you can't hide from it well what i'm getting what i'm getting is a lot of people when like 15 years ago you gave adult males in your life basically a home brewing set you know you gave them like here's your first chemistry here's set a little a list that comes with a tiny keg with a tiny little keg, you're going to make a growler, one growler a year. But then over these last 15 years, some of these guys have become really accomplished at their basement beers and are like, it's I true. should open a goddamn brewery. 
It's true. Um, before I, we get into that too, I want to say there's going to be a lot of comparisons to the brewery world and like how it's just as bad as everything else out there. Um, and yes. to pepper this in, there's a lot of like money being thrown at breweries these days where you have people who come in who have the money who are like, I want you to make the beer. You're my master brewer, just like a chef would. And it's basically like these owners go and they win awards, but it's like for someone else's effort, which I yes. know we talk about a lot on the show when it comes to who works for who and who does what. But I did read that this is kind of like an ongoing trend in the beer world. And it's just hard to like, you know, if you're working for a bigger conglomerate and it's not your place, you might not get the recognition that you, that you deserve. But anyway, moving forward, I mean, yeah. you worked at a brewery for how long? Uh, well, I worked the last job I had, I was at for almost three years. And then before that, uh, two jobs before that I was at a craft beer bar. Um, they didn't brew or anything. It was just a tap room. Uh, yeah. I was there for over, two years and in between those two jobs um my ex opened his own tap room okay and I like kind of helped when he was starting that so so you know your shit right you were tossed into it yeah to learn yeah I know a little bit so the great thing about our used to work uh is that they they hired me based off my serving experience and my restaurant experience and my stunning personality. Yeah. Um, but I, I really didn't know anything about beer. Cause like I said, I'm not much of a drinker, but they have an educational process. Their mm -hmm. bar manager there, he's worked at a couple different breweries and he's a really, really good friend of mine. And he, he's the guy that he's making barrels of beer in his bathtub and, you know, like casting weird stuff and coming up with fun flavors and like, I might still have a bottle of his butterscotch ale. Yum. Oh, it was so good. And then he made an imperial <laughs> version and oh, anyways. Um, so he would, it would be brew school and he would, all the new servers got trained that it was, I mean, pen and paper notes classes and you had to become Cicerone certified. Yep. Be a Cicerone certified beer server before you were allowed on the floor. So I have that certification and then just all the, you know, the knowledge that you glean when you, you become obsessed with this world. Like I might, I might not drink a lot, but I love all of the different flavors and styles. And you know what you like yep. and what you don't like. Yep. And you obviously know the difference between a Dippa and mm -hmm. like, and know that like all lagers are cold brew, yep. you know, these are, oh, these are little things. That and that you're... there's only two actual, there's either an ale or a lager. And everything mm -hmm. goes from there. Um, and it's just, it's one of those things where you, you can get into the real minutia of it and totally get lost in it. Absolutely. It is definitely a deep, weird dive you can get into. And it is pretty cool working in a brewery. Like you said, like that you get super trained from everything. Brooke, what's going on? Question. <laughs> yeah. Question. <Yes. laughs> what is Cicerone? I mean, you guys are just. Oh, a Cicerone is a small yay, but a beer version. Okay, that's an amazing thing and for listeners and Brooke Van Poplins to learn. So let's slow our roll. <laughs> and there's three beer separate nerds. levels. Okay. You know, there's certified beer server, which is, you know, it's kind of like getting your temps. You read you read the materials, you study the materials, you take your tests, they give you a piece of paper. Um, mm -hmm. But it doesn't necessarily mean you should like be behind the wheel of a car. And then there's one step up from that, which I cannot remember 
what the, I cannot remember the names of the other two because I obviously don't have them. And then the top one, I think there's only like a handful of the top top. Yeah, I would imagine it is world. like the small yay um, world where there's okay. different levels. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I have a couple have a friends who have tested into the second level, um, but I mean, even in the second level, they're saying, "Drink this beer." and tell us what is wrong with it. And you need to tell them that it was like, it wasn't in the bright tank long enough. It's oxidized. It, this is the wrong kind of malt or they switch this hops. Like you have to know that at the second level, I can't even yeah. imagine like what the third level is. And then that beer gets kicked off the reality show when you <laughs> say all the things that are wrong with it. That's for sure. I think the thing about working at a brewery or a tap room that's really different is that like, that's why people are there. People are there only for beer. They're not there for anything else which is very different than restaurants or bars, period. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where people are like, I don't know. What do you do here? You know, like in in a tap room. You know, you're here for beer. Nine times out of 10, you can see what they're doing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Even, you know, where you're like, is it for me, since I'm I'm not that worse in it, I'm like, are they making giant barrels of meth? Like in Breaking Bad? (laughs) Or... Oh, it's, I mean, a, they do oh, it's call craft it, beer. They do call it a cook. Like they do, they do call it right? that. Yeah. I know. It's that's it, just it. <laughs> that's like my that's my frame of reference. And I'm like, oh, they're like Walter Whiting some beer into existence. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think that even if, you know, you have a small tap room or, or tap room or brewery, but that then is this like now we're big time, like, you know, Revolution in Chicago opened up a restaurant, you know, even if you have that. Everything is still so fucking beer focused. Like there's oh, yeah. beer in all the dishes. The it's whole place reeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, flights, Amanda, dirty dish nightmare of all the worst of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so flights, if people aren't listening, are just like, hmm, I get to I get to choose my own adventure at this tap firm or brewery. And I'm going to choose five different beers in tiny glasses and then watch as my bartender and server balances a fucking like, like, like spanky paddle, you know, or a piece of wood in the shape of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, yes. Yes. Um, To you. And then you get to like, then you get to be the Cicerone for a moment. (laughs) Um, My favorite is being the solo bartender. On a Saturday after, like the first nice Saturday afternoon, standing room only, I'm too deep at the bar at least, and somebody comes up, uh, do you do flights? And I, I mean, I can't get in trouble for this now. I have said no before because yes. fuck you. Uh-huh. And, but then there are those times when it's like, oh, the boss is still here. So I have to smile and say yes. And then explain to this numbskull how it works because they've never done it before but they thought it would be cool and they don't like beer so what should i get yeah and it amounts to them getting six four ounce pours of the same exact thing but how fun it's in a cute little glass and i got to write in shock (laughs) oh boy i think i like this one more than i like that one and bam it's the same beer I think that I is, did. I that think is I did so that. interesting, yes. Bailey. Okay. And that totally right. reminds me of way back, way, way back when we had the server submitted story that the the bartender in Lincoln Square in Chicago gave like the same exact vodka to all the ladies to do the tasting. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
And they're all, of course, they're wearing like a matte and wear a lipstick that you have to run through. <gasps> at, at our bar, it was Fuck. just the it was just the motorized bristles, like not even mm-hmm. a full, not even a full dishwasher to run them through. Oh my That's God. So real. And there's a very, I didn't even put that, but like polishing fucking glassware mm-hmm. at a tap room mm-hmm. is terrible. Yeah. Well, and getting into glassware, having people, f- well, why is that coming in a small glass? It's like, well, cause it's 13%, sir. You right, don't need right, 16 right. ounces. Right. You, I mean, I think one of the first times you wrote in, you know, it was someone how you always were questioned about your pour mm-hmm. and then you poured it into a measuring cup in front of their face and then into the glass. Am I right? Is Not that exactly that, but it okay. was that like the glassware, <laughs> just like with wine, mm-hmm. it, it is part of the drinking experience from, right. from the nose of the beer to the mouthfeel to how it finishes in the glass to the temperature, like all of these things. And it's, it is a different experience, like having worked in a larger city like Greenville, South Carolina to now working in a relatively small, I mean, there's 7,000 people in this town, you know, we're surrounded by farms on all sides to have people come in and be real pissed that they're not getting the 32 ounce frosty mug. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's not mm-hmm. craft beer is not served at that temperature. And then getting flack for that because right. how dare I do the right and, thing. And this is, I did put this. It's like, people have this idea. Well, like it's just beer. Like how drunk could I get? And that is a fucking <laughs> very drunk, very drunk answer. Doing research, so some beers I would say in most tap rooms, because not everybody's fucking crazy, but they can go, they can get up to twenty percent. Oh, absolutely! The like, first craft beer I ever had, and it's my favorite beer to this day, Dragon's Milk, which on uh-huh. on the label, it's I think it's eleven or twelve percent. And I I know he was the former Woodmaster. I think now he's at Goose Island in Chicago, but I was visiting him up in New Holland. And he's like, well, the label says 11 to 12. It's really more like 13, 14, but it about averages wow. out. I had half a one and I fell into my door. That was my first <laughs> mm-hmm. experience with craft beer. And I mm-hmm. love it. <laughs> I mean, there's a huge thing here where, you know, we have Russian River and like everybody gets a keg of Pliny the Younger here and goes fucking ape shit for it. And I want to say it's probably like 15 to 17 percent. And they give it to you in a teeny tiny snifter mm-hmm. because that's all your body can handle. And and and. These are also the beers that you, I don't know if you guys did this at work, Amanda, but I have done it with some of my favorite like Cicerones where like there's no hard liquor. So you do a shot of the highest alcohol beer that there is. And that's the equivalent of doing a shot. We, I've actually never thought to that. Obviously when we were kegging, you know, our, um, our anniversary, there was always a big brew for the anniversary. It was always the barrel aged, either rum or bourbon or something. And those gen, and um, we had a Belgian trip and you know the owner would come up and be like oh we're gonna keg it you want a little bit and we try it there and yeah I'd have two ounces of that and then I'm rosy cheeked behind the bar just leaning real real casually <laughs> asking people what they want because I'm already you like fucking, I'm these, crawling these into Bel- the bag right now you know what I'm saying these wasted Belgian monks I'm gonna <laughs> say it right now like, can you imagine? Like, I mean, I'm just like, no wonder they just, I mean, and I know they wore robes because God and stuff, but I just feel like it was just, they were just lazy beer drinking. I mean, when you look at a, at a, at a, at a Belgian monk in the stereotype, it's not so different than what you think of when you think of like a, a, brewer. a beer, a beer guy, <laughs> you know, not, not at all. You got a big old beard 
You know, you, maybe a little balding. You put a, a I was thinking baseball a little cap, cap on there. Like your Captain oh, yeah. Craig on Law and Order. <laughs> um, usually like a T-shirt or maybe there's a flannel wrapped around it. You know, these are just, but these, that this is the stereotype. Maybe depending on you live, you got a, a, a little, a little, a uh, little fluffy vest, a little like parka vest over that. But I think for the most part, there's a very <clears throat> specific look on who beer people are. Um, who are accepted into the beer world, which is what we're very much going to get into. Mm-hmm. Now we're about to take a turn. Um, but I, <laughs> I know think we this really is all are. a really, really cute and informative episode so far. I know. We, might, we might be going a little long on this one, but it deserves it. So it's a great Absolutely. topic. I think that beer lovers and makers come in all colors from all walks of life and sizes, though they usually have a beer gut. But but like every other industry and the rest of the world, it is a white male dominated fucking industry. Absolutely. And, that, yeah. and I was. Well, and I think, too, like as beer lovers, like or anything that we've loved and knew nothing about it. My eyes have been forever opened with some stuff I've been learning just as of this week, which launched this episode is that there's so much problematic behavior and um social socialization in this industry that thankfully I think is once again in the service industry as a whole facing a huge reckoning moment right now. So we were doing all the good. Now we're going to do a little bit of the bad and ugly. There's ever, there's a yin to every yang. I'm just saying there always is. Yeah. And I love that you wrote like these breweries are basically just giant man caves. Oh yeah. Um, They're just one big man cave. That's very true. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start real quickly, maybe with your experience on a level as someone who you're like, I have my first level of certification. I'm a really great server. I had to go to beer school. I had to get a beer education. I have done this for 13 years. And yet the way you in general can be treated in the world of beer as you've experienced, please enlighten (laughs) us a little bit if you'd be so kind. Um, To put it bluntly, not well. I was in thinking about this and our discussion. It just seems that in the craft beer, any in any male dominated arena, whether I mean, aside from the entire world, uh, you know, whether that's going to be craft beer or sports or gaming or whatever, a woman always has to work twice as hard to prove she knows twice as much to prove to justify her presence yes and the opposite is not the same if a male comes into a female dominated space like let's say makeup if a guy if if somebody who identifies as male Mm -hmm. is like i'm super into makeup a bunch of women or people who identify as women are not going to attack and be like yeah prove it who did the morphe collab in 2012 like (laughs) that doesn't happen yeah but if I, as a woman, am standing behind a bar and I'm asking a customer, usually a male in his little page boy cap with his vest on, what he wants to drink. I I get talked down to, I get questioned. I, I mean, I get people telling me things that are flat out incorrect. Yes. But they know more than you because you're a woman. Absolutely. My uterus yeah. is incapable of retaining knowledge. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You have babies. I don't think you could tell me if that's too hoppy for my palate or not. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And also the amount of times that, you know, it, I get overlooked for the owner who's busy, who's brewing, who's cleaning, but no, 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 no. He's got to answer the question because he would know. Not that I haven't been working here for two years and I was standing next to him when he's, you know, doing like when he's um, transferring to the bright tank. So what, what do I know? I haven't tasted it every step of the way. I, all those things, or even let's just get to the physical of if a keg kicks and somebody chuckles because, oh, I just got sprayed with, with um, kickback. So now I'm all foamy. Oh, look, I'm all wet. Oh, does somebody need to go change it? And how many times I've had to stare customers down and say, no, you're going to wait for four minutes while I walk downstairs, move a 150 pound keg and hook mm-hmm. it back up. Mm-hmm. And like the fact that we're just seen as incapable because mm-hmm. we're women. Yeah, I mean, I would also assume, which we're going to find out so much more, which my mind has just been so blown, but also all of the, you know, you personally really, and this is great, and this is, you know, I'm sure there are so many good stories to counteract the bad ones we're going to get into, but you really are proud of, you know, the owner you've worked with. You're like, you know, a few missteps here and there, but nothing you couldn't like deal with or you wouldn't have kept working there. But you can have coworkers who talk down to you mm-hmm. who are doing the exact same job as you and you might find out you're going to get passed over again and again, even though you've been there longer and no more and they'll give it to the guy. Oh, And absolutely. then you also have reps and vendors who are walking in acting like, oh, are you the owner's wife? Are you the beer? Yep. You're like, no, no, I am the I, owner. I am the brewer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, the tap room I worked at in Greenville, most of the servers were women. Most of those servers knew more about beer than anybody else I'd ever encountered. I have a couple friends in particular. One of them, she's a second level Cicerone. She knows her shit. And like, she's a cool hippy dippy yoga teacher who can carry six pint glasses at a time. But because she doesn't have a penis, she doesn't know anything about beer. Right. You know, it's it's just those things of like majority of the people that I know in craft beer that know their stuff. And I'm talking backwards and forwards, upwards and down are women. Yeah. And they've had to justify their presence over and over and over at a beer fest or, oh, my gosh, the old GM there. I would say him and two other reps when they would come down for beer shows or get together. It real. I mean, I do remember those times of them. They're, they're all married. They all got kids, but they're all getting drunk upstairs in the, in the bottle room where we, you know, we kept the, the aged fancy stuff and they come yeah, down yeah. and just, you feel the looks Ugh, and you know, yeah. you hear the comments and it's this, that, and the other thing. And, Really, and it's one of those things of like, you're you're not saying that to James, right. you're not saying you know you're not saying that to Travis, right, right, yeah. So, um, it's very it's very interesting because basically, I uh I really wanted to hop on an episode on this topic mostly because it's lovely. Like, I was like, this would be so great because Amanda and Andrea 
are women who love beer and really know a lot about craft beer, where I'm kind of on the other end of the spectrum because of some unfortunate uh, allegations that are coming out across America in all these breweries of master, female master brewers, beer makers, people who, just, you know, I'm sorry that I don't know all the levels, or if they are, you know, the lead bartender, you name it, are all coming out talking about the exclusion, the sexual harassment, actual abuse, assault, being passed over for jobs, and how fucking hard it is in the craft beer world. Mm-hmm. And because this isn't something I drink, I don't know. Like, like this was just mind-blowing to me because I didn't personally know so many women really pursue this as a passion and a career. So that goes to show you how little representation correctly there is that I didn't even know women. Like, I feel really stupid, but I'm like, I didn't know there were so many women who love doing this as a career. Because what? what credit are they getting? Yeah, and and I would agree with that, and I don't think there's any. I mean, certainly don't feel stupid. Like you're, you're no, I, I just but like but you know, caring about the food and beverage industry mm-hmm. a lot. I think I just have such a blind spot because I don't like beer. Yeah, no, I get that, but like I think it's also like to be said. I'm sure if we really dove into the wine world, there'd be like plenty of fucking problems there too. Distilleries, oh. distilleries are the same way. You know, it's they're just all this, like very like male dominated and white dominated world. Like, um, you know, the thing about like being a master brewer, and there there's different levels. You can just like you can get in, you can become a bartender who's like, I'm so interested, I want to learn how to make it, and that happens mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. you know it's almost like an internship you don't go to fucking college for it sure there's people who have biology degrees that are like making it and like have gone to school but a lot of the times it's just like I want to learn this craft you apprentice and you start low and then you build and the mm-hmm. thing is it's like working at a fucking factory like it is yeah. very hard labor intensive work where you're scooping. I mean, you're, 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 you're working with chemicals and heat. Like if you're brewing beer, you have to like basically climb into a kettle to like stir wort that's like bubbling and brewing. Like it's not glamorous whatsoever. Uh, you know? No, you're wearing, mine- you're wearing like waiters and goggles and mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's serious fucking work. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine who used to be head brewer, he, he said all the time, I'm a glorified janitor. I'm <laughs> You're mainly cleaning. Yeah, I would say cleaning. You're mainly cleaning things. So it's it really is a labor of love when yes. you choose to pursue it. It's not. This is not a fad thing. And I've always said, like, just because you can brew beer doesn't mean that you should. But the people who really <laughs> and truly want and the women who are pursuing this, they're not pursuing this because it's some cushy, fancy, easy job. Right. And I think that's what's just hilarious is like, no, 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 there isn't the female version of brewing beer and the male version of it. They're both doing the exact same thing. And so right. I, it just blows my mind that people are like in there watching a woman dumping sacks and sacks of grains and hops and driving a forklift and doing the temperatures and someone will walk in and be like, Hey, uh, can I talk to someone who works here? You know, because they're a woman. Or like a group of men gathering and like pointing and being like, look at this lady who thinks that she can run a machine and make beer, sweetie, whatever, whatever. However, they're like just like a female chef in the kitchen. It's a it is it is the it is the same feels across the board. It's crazy. And so, you know, so I learned a bit. So basically there's like a lot of pushback is happening right now. If you all want to get into it just to have 
bit of an eye-opening experience. There is um, a woman on Instagram. You can follow her. It's at Rat Magnet, R-A-T-M-A-G-N-E-T. I want to be her best friend. (laughs) She's so, so she's, yeah, she's a brewer. She's a badass. She kind of put it out there jokingly after she's like, I just had such a backbreaking day at work. And then, you know, you're off your shift. And then someone, a male, a clueless male who's not sweating, literally standing in, you know, their fucking waiters and goggles and whatever, questions your knowledge about beer. She's like, and then there becomes the part of the day that's just emotionally draining after all of this shit, having to explain why I'm here and that I know what I'm doing. So she just put out like a gentle, like, hey, other fellow beer, you know, women or or female identifying or people of different races. What have you experienced in the industry and she's blown up into like, she's into like 10,000, 15,000 replies all over the country of people saying the most heartbreaking shit and, but putting the craft brewery and microbrewery and um, industry on full fucking notice. I'm fucking blast. It's, it's been like fermenting for a while. Oh, I'm just a good say way. That. It's been brewing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that like that popped off on Monday, um, maybe even Sunday when she got this going. But if you go and look at at Rat Magnet, it's all of her stories like she filled in every tiny little dot line in Instagram so that she's got like eight parts where she's just reposting what people have said to her. So some people are naming names. Some want to remain anonymous. And so what's happened is it's gotten a shit ton of press. And the Mm -hmm. Brewers Association, which I looked into, which, you know, their purpose, I moved it over here. um, Again, very, very unknown thing to me, but the Brewers Association. Okay, so it's to promote and protect American craft brewers, their beers and the community of brewing enthusiasts. It's a not for profit trade association, but basically it kind of. What do you want to call like the referees of this industry? It's like how you it's a almost what do you compare it to like a union? Yeah, Regulations? I would say like, more like a union than anything to like set a standard. Okay. And there's there's probably certain awards and certain levels you can get to that has to run through the Brewers Shh. Association. Okay. Yeah. Which is totally. why you want you should they set a standard for everybody else. And you, you pay dues. Yeah, totally. Lots of rules. So basically, this has caught the attention of the, the Brewers Association just today as we are recording. They issued a statement pinpointing top to bottom outlining all the ways they will move forward not tolerating the brewing world being um you know a hostile intolerant racist sexist misogynist place of of work because um they knew about it sort of and they've sort of been trying to do better so only like three years ago they decided to stop letting the male-dominated industry name the beers and put ridiculous labels on the beers. So the top 10 worst that I found, which are no longer boy, allowed to oh be, boy. if we want to go down. So They're there's the loins. raging bitch. God love. God love to drink a raging bitch. There's, well, they won't admit to this ever actually being called that, but it was called like a mouth raper IPA. Whoa. Whoa. That's cool. Um, Big titty assassin. <laughs> Clown shoes, brown angel. What the fuck? What does that even but it had, mean? I don't know. But on the on the label was like 
a woman of color <gasps> squatting on the label. So they're oh, calling Lord. it clown shoes. Brand. It's so fucking weird. There's the wailing wench, chunky mm-hmm. gal, Amber, big, you know, BBW, which, you know, sometimes is like big black woman or big, beautiful woman. Yeah. Um, only I'm really allowed weird. to say that about myself, by the way. <laughs> Ex- exactly. <laughs> You know, but they're like, no, no, no. It stands for Big Beautiful Wheat. Oh, you know, Clown Dallas- Shoes is a brewery. Clown Shoes is a brewery, by the way. I was just told okay. By got Brian. it. Got okay. it. It's Clown Shoes Brown Angel. Got it. Okay. I was like, I don't know what the Clown Shoes. Are. Okay, but like uh, Dallas Blonde and the lab- and then the the saying on the beer, their um, catchphrase is "Goes down easy." Oh um, God. Yeah, right. Happy ending Imperial Stout, Panty Peeler, and the Polygamy Porter, which so I've had. The- it's delicious. <laughs> But does that mean that like multiple drink people drink from the same bottle? Is that what I you do? Know, well, just many women drink from the the man's bottle. Oh, you know yes, what I'm yes, saying? Yes, yes, yes. Anyways, or yeah. one man drinks from many women's bottles. I don't really know what I'm trying to say here, but just even the problematic nature of the fact that you're talking about how wicked drunk people get, either on the job, after the job, you're tasting this high alcohol beer uh, all day long and we all know that like drinking harassment at work like it's like why would you even imply like you know unsolicited basically you know non-consent sort of behavior yeah it's this it's this old-timey like beers for dudes it's pandering absolutely it's so pandering to this stupid fucking fucking male fantasy i know over like everybody to you know take a seat if you're yeah and it's over like so not everybody obviously as a woman i would be much more interested in buying a beer a beer that's like i have a master's degree (laughs) (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you know master's degree ipa something like that give me something that i know how to fix my own car like the Give oil changer, <laughs> the tithe. Yes, I think. Get rid of the peanut dropper. Yeah, and the beer world. Obviously, this is horrible. Names of beer, and not only that, like a lot of small breweries, the artists that they support to be able to create labels. Like the way, if a microbrewery is doing it right in their community, having diversity, hiring the right people having a vision and incorporating the entire community to like make this beautiful product at the end mm-hmm. of the day. I mean, yes, I know. Here I go with my fucking utopian brewery like world, but that's right? not the case. Obviously Brooke's like, no, no, I'm going to fucking smack you in the face. Andrea. <laughs> no, I'm not. But I, I'm just laughing that cause like I wrote, I was like, move over St. Pauli girl and say hello to come guzzler IPA. <laughs> oh yeah. Totally. Fucking. <laughs> Ah, that's the, the only yeah the first white porter we, we've ever made the cum guzzler seriously but it's uh, not yeah it's not just you know women who are getting the short end of the stick when it comes to the beer world it is also people of color it right. is also Absolutely. queer people it is you know it, it it runs the fucking gamut like so the one thing i will say is the good like like i, I just feel like in it's like we're not this isn't like a I got gotcha you episode. We're here to shame it. I think it's just really important because right now we are looking at once again a moment of change, you know, mm-hmm. and there are good things happening and there yes. are like Andrea is going to highlight 
breweries that are black owned businesses and breweries, breweries owned by queer people. But when you are unfortunately working under the brotherhood, which is kind of like the blue wall, you know, all of these, you know, all of these just establishments that have been male dominated and they all believe in this code of silence and secrecy that's being busted up in a big way. And that's why I, I do think people have been held accountable and then more so than ever because of this week and the women speaking up, you're going to see it even more. They're losing their jobs, um, which I'm sorry. You should. Absolutely. You shouldn't be someone's boss. Yeah. You shouldn't be someone's fucking boss if you make it an unsafe working environment for anyone. Agreed. So anyway, so I'll stop being – but any, Andrea had like good good notes to end on. A yeah, happy note absolutely. to end on. You know, just a handful of talking about like this movement, this bold movement happening um, with indigenous people in the United States of reclaiming indigenous legacies. One beer at a time is the name of this article um, coming to us from life and time, like, like spelled like the herb, um, you know, for hundreds of years, um, basically the stereotype that indigenous people and their relationship with alcohol is no bueno has come into play to the point that there was actually a law that said that no alcohol could actually be produced on reservations across the United States, um, which is now null and void. Um, and across the country, we are seeing, you know, breweries like Skydance Brewing Company, um, Seven Clans Brewing, Indian Joe Brewing, Rikon Reservation Road Brewery, Bow and Arrow uh, in Oklahoma, is is a good state where things are coming out of as well where basically all these tribes are coming together and able to like get in on the fun uh and produce amazing beers like on the reservation on site it's pretty fucking incredible you know the same could be said for the queer community um this article is totally amazing so little did we know um sam adams is a huge advocate of lgbtq rights who knew? Not me. Didn't. Go fucking Sam Adams. Um, so they're putting a lot of money toward um, this little queer beer festival called Labels Out, which I think hey, I is that. an amazing, amazing name for a festival. I really want to go. Um, and there's some really amazing breweries like across the USA. There's one in Chicago, Mars Community Brewing. Um, and they have... <laughs> They just have a beer called Gay IPA, which I just want to order so bad. I want a big like, gay IPA. Yeah. Can I yeah, that's really all I want. There's a place in Washington, DC, um, that is called Red Bear Brewing Company. Not only they're a brewery, but they're also a co-op and safe space for brewers who want to like learn the craft. Um, they have a gay tap room, which all I, I want to go to a gay bar tap room more than anything in the world. Uh, <laughs> um and then also the same thing can be said about um, uh, for black people who are opening up in the Black Lives Matter movement, opening up several doors and putting shedding a light on racial reckoning in the craft brewery industry. Very fucking racist place as well. Totally needs to change. And some really amazing black owned breweries across the country, specifically here. But I think, too, like to that point where you're talking about like man, I would so much rather go to a queer-owned brewery because even as, like, a female who's, like, maybe I would like to try beer or get into it, I'm just, like, pretend I liked beer, right? It's, like, 
those places are so fucking exhausting to go to if you're not talking to a woman. It's yeah. like just even as a beer enthusiast, you're like, please get me away from man bun over here. You know, oh, I can know. I can I go be with people who don't have to fucking suck all the air out of the room at all times? These should be absolutely. safe spaces for more than just the straight just other white, white guys. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, there's a brewery, black owned brewery here in Inglewood in Los Angeles. Um called Crown and Hops, founded by Benny Ashburn and Tio Hunter. And they have been focusing on work and closing the racial gap and gender gap in craft beer for years. Um, Brewing beers that recognize historically black colleges and universities or are done in conjunction with other black owned proprietors, proprietors um, like, like black owned coffee roasters. That's what they stand for. And they have amazing shirts that say black people love beer that you can Ah. buy you can wear all i will say is you guys i am not going to be able to shout everybody out so if just fucking google it yeah black owned breweries near me queer owned breweries near me near me women owned breweries near me the information is obviously out there we know you guys are amazing advocates and that's why you listen to side work podcasts so just know that like there's people out there making a change. And wouldn't you rather have the sweet nectar made of fucking love and justice and equality than like someone who just like made a fucking gay uh, and black and female joke five minutes before they fucking poured you your IPA? Let's fate, you know, it's not okay anymore. Right. And, <laughs> and, you know, just like shout out, like, I don't really think anyone deserves a thank you. I just say a keep going if you've been a fantastic white straight dude who looks out for everybody of course you know i'm I'm reticent to say the word thank you because like what that's how people should be treated like thanked for doing quite literally the bare minimum the bare minimum it's just like brian just giggled brian just giggled when you said that He's like, pretty much. That's, yep. Yeah, that's what I think every day is what, you know. Exactly. <laughs> but it just because you are an ally, whether you know it or not, and you could step up and be more of an ally when you see fucked up behavior mm-hmm. happening at your workplace. Because mm-hmm. we always say it takes another man correcting a man to to stop this harassment culture. You know, it's because when the girl reports it, everyone can lie and get her fired well when a girl reports it it's well you need to have substantial proof you can't just go ruining somebody's reputation you need to learn how to make a joke like no we need to hold men accountable like men in particular white men need to hold other white men accountable (laughs) and i i mean in reading some of brianne or at rat magnet her the stories that came in, I mean, I've had to deal with shitty, small-minded men who think that because I have boobs, I don't know anything about beer. But truly, some of the accounts are really harrowing. And just to They're know really that harrowing. it sounds terrible, but at least these people aren't alone in their experiences. Yes, yeah. but absolutely. also because of that, there needs to be massive, massive change. It's not enough for the Brewers Association to say, hey, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. The brewery owners, the brewers, the bartenders, like all the way down the totem pole need to stand up and stand for more. Yeah. And I've, I've seen a lot of males who are piping up saying, thank you. 
you know, I want to ensure, I would like to proudly say that my place, we treat everyone fairly. Come work here if it's a problem for you. Uh, so there has been a lot, like a lot of great male input. Also, I've heard accounts of even like other males coming forward being like, I'm that person they were talking about. I publicly apologize. My behavior was irreproachable. I'm going to do the work. And I'm so there's, there's a little bit of, every flavor going on right now and then like full-on abusers and as people who've assaulted others are being removed from their places of employment as they should yeah yeah and i'm so glad we touched on this today and it is it is so fucking sad and shitty that it's just like different workplace same shit you know i know like people love beer it does not have to be an evil evil I place beer. to work i want to go i want to go hate drink a beer in the sun so hard right now after <laughs> talking to you ladies <laughs> we'll fucking chug it down um yeah i'm gonna shotgun a beer on air uh <laughs> that's how we should have started it, yeah right? i just think it's just such a it's a beautiful craft generally mm-hmm. that people love and enjoy so don't quit quit fucking tainting it with bullshit Boom. and I want to feel like that women, if you're like, I didn't know there was such like um, a laid out path to get to these different levels. If you're hearing that for the first time, like we are like now seems like a good time to get into it as sweeping change and reform is being made. And thank you for all the warrior women in that workplace uh, who have really put up with a lot, but are still fucking forces to be reckoned with who are fucking badass brewing bitches yeah truly a witch y'all are beer witches yeah yeah and so, i just want to say like kudos to brianne who started mm-hmm. this all who a simple question and i'm so and you know i i hesitate to say something like this because somebody's going to be a you know say that i'm huh. being you know the worst kind of feminist but she's handling it with such grace and such care yes. and offering mm-hmm. all of these people her time and attention and her heart and i don't think a man would do that the the kind of emotional <laughs> labor that women have to do every single day mm-hmm. and then add on to that the labor that she's doing as a brewer and now being this conduit is just a wonderful right. thing. Have, having the space for so much empathy for everyone. Um, Absolutely. But she knows she's, she's a, uh, she's part of a historical moment. So good for fucking her. Um, well, you guys, thank you again for listening. We're so glad that we got to talk about this today. Again, if you have any of those server submitted stories, like we said, we need them sending them our way. Um, anything you want to talk about at all? I don't know. Off topic. Maybe you've just been itching to tell us some weird thing for months and you have it. Um, Sideworkpod at gmail.com. Amanda, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you guys for She's having me. She's on Instagram. Me. She's on Instagram, everybody, at Midwest Nice Makes. Beautiful food photography. Fantastic cook. Like you've been very inspiring to take a year of or the last year or more after years and years in the service industry and jump into another chapter pursuing what you really love and being your own boss. So congrats. So great. Thank so you. fucking great. Thank you. Um, and Amanda, please sign us off because you know what we say at the end of every episode. We say what? Godspeed and good and, tips. And good tips. Ah! Yeah! Oh, yeah. life is full circle we'll talk to you guys next week